Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, more LGBTQ candidates won elections this year than ever before. Switzerland is poised to legalize same-sex marriage. The number of adoptions by same-sex couples in the UK has increased for the third year in a row. Billy Porter has been announced to help usher in the new year, and a Christmas song about coming out goes viral. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. More LGBTQ candidates won elected office this year than ever before. They came from all over the country, from all genders, from all races, and mostly one political party. 2020 was the biggest year on record for LGBTQ candidates in the United States, with 782 appearing on the ballot this year, and 334 winning their elections, according to the Victory Fund. In a statement... Victory Fund president and former Houston mayor Anise Parker said, in one of the most vitriolic and unprecedented election cycles of our time, LGBTQ candidates continue winning elections in numbers and in parts of the country thought unthinkable a decade or two ago. The numbers showed that 42.7% of LGBTQ candidates won their elections in November. The candidates came from all over the country, There were candidates this year in every state except for Alabama at all levels of government and showed a high level of diversity. 35.7% of the LGBTQ candidates this year were people of color. This year's Congress will be the most queer it has ever been, with 11 representatives and senators identifying as gay, lesbian, or bisexual, up from 10 in 2018. Two representatives-elect from New York are also the first black gay people elected to Congress. According to the Victory Fund, there were 20 transgender or non-binary candidates who won their elections this year. One of them was Delaware Senator-elect Sarah McBride, the highest-ranking transgender elected official in the country. When it comes to gender, there was also diversity among the winning candidates— 41.3% were women, 53.6% were men, and 3% were gender nonconforming or non-binary. The only area where winning LGBTQ candidates did not reflect the rest of the United States in general was when it came to party affiliation. Of the 255 winners who ran with a major party, 248, or 97.2% folks, were Democrats, and only seven, seven candidates, or 2.7%, were Republicans. Three candidates ran with third parties, and the rest were independent or unaffiliated. About the achievement, Parker added, LGBTQ people span every community. We are people of color, women, immigrants, 
and people with disabilities, and we are able to use that life experience to connect with voters from many backgrounds. This beautiful diversity provides an opportunity to connect on some level with every single voter in America. That is the reason LGBTQ candidates are winning in unprecedented numbers, and this will only accelerate in the years ahead. Good news from the U.S. Supreme Court, as the High Court declined to hear a case that involved the rights of transgender students in Oregon and their use of school bathrooms and locker rooms that aligned with their gender. The case was originally brought by parents of some high school students in 2017, challenging the decisions made by school officials in Dallas, Oregon, to allow Elliot Yoder to use the boys' locker room and bathroom facilities. The American Civil Liberties Union and the ACLU of Oregon intervened on behalf of Basic Rights Oregon in defending the district's decision. A federal appeals court had previously found in Yoder's favor, and the decision by the Supreme Court to not hear that case allows the earlier ruling to stand. Mara Kiesling, executive director for the National Center for Transgender Equality, said in a statement, Today's decision is excellent news for transgender students. Trans students deserve an educational environment that is safe, supportive, and free from discrimination. The school district's actions to create that environment have been vindicated. Parents had claimed allowing Yoder to use the same facilities as other boys would violate the rights of students who would be uncomfortable or embarrassed when undressing. The earlier ruling rejected those concerns, saying they did not outweigh the rights of Yoder. Judge A. Wallace Tashima of the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals wrote, A policy that allows transgender students to use school, bathroom, and locker facilities that match their self-identified gender in the same manner that cisgender students utilize those facilities does not infringe 14th Amendment privacy or parental rights or First Amendment free exercise rights, nor does it create actionable sex harassment under Title IX. While pleased with the court's decision, the ACLU said in a statement, we will continue to fight in courts, in legislatures, and in our families and communities to ensure that all trans people feel safe and belong. Switzerland has taken a major step on the path to equality after its parliament voted overwhelmingly in favor of a law to legalize same-sex marriage. Happy dance! The Council of States, the upper house of Switzerland's legislature, voted 22 votes to 15 to approve landmark legislation to make same-sex marriage a reality. One activist, Olga Baranova of the Marriage for All campaign, told reporters, We have been waiting for this for seven years. The emotions are very strong. The bill was first introduced by the Green Party in 2013, and several versions of the legislation have been seen and debated. One of the central questions was whether a constitutional change was required to make it happen, or whether a change of law would be enough. Article 14 of Switzerland's constitution states that, quote, the right to marry and to have a family is guaranteed, end quote. Those in favor of a legal change argued there was no need to change the constitution because it already accommodates marriages of any kind.
the majority council of states agreed and rejected a motion that would have required a nationwide constitutional referendum on marriage equality, which would have delayed the law even further. It's been a long time coming for the Swiss LGBTQ community, whose conservative country has been slow to enact positive change. For instance, the first law banning LGBTQ discrimination only passed as recently as this February. And it's not the end of the road, though, as the next battle will concern LGBTQ couples' access to sperm donors. While the vast majority of Swiss people are now in favor of same-sex marriage, the debate around insemination remains controversial and is likely to be the subject of a national referendum. Official figures from England's Department for Education show that one in six children adopted in the last year were adopted by same-sex couples. This is the third consecutive year that adoptions by LGBTQ people have increased in England. In 2012, for instance, just one of 22 adoptions went to same-sex parents. The growth in same-sex adoptive parenting comes at a crucial time with more children in care than any other time in the past. New Family Social, the United Kingdom's charity for LGBTQ adopters and foster caregivers, told Gay Star News there had been a welcome revolution in LGBTQ adoption. The data shows that LGBTQ couples were responsible for 570 of the 3,440 adoptions in England in the year ending March 31, 2020. That's the highest number since records began. Of those 570, the greatest number were to married male same-sex couples, 170, followed by married female same-sex couples, 120. Meanwhile, married male civil partners adopted 70 children and female civil partners adopted 30. Finally, unmarried male couples also adopted 120 children with unmarried female couples adopting 60 children. Now, it's worth noting that experts say these numbers don't even include single LGBTQ parents who adopt, bisexual people in different sex couples, or LGBTQ people who foster children. Just single-parent LGBTQ adoptions could add another 10% of adoptions going to LGBTQ parents. Research shows that 80% of LGBTQ parents do have a fear their identity will be a barrier to being a foster parent. However, the government doesn't gather statistics to reveal how many LGBTQ people provide foster care. James Lawrence from New Family Social told Gaystar News that LGBTQ parents often approach adoption in a different way than heterosexuals. LGBTQ parents are more likely to consider adopting children who need more support, and they are often more open to adopting pairs or groups of brothers and sisters together. They also tend to be more open about adopting older children, as many adopted parents consider children as young as four to be too old. As a result, some same-sex parents wait less time to adopt a child than their heterosexual peers, Meanwhile, adoptive agencies have become increasingly open to same-sex parents adopting. Success stories have encouraged more and more LGBTQ parents to come forward. According to Mr. Lawrence from New Family Social, 
there has been a welcome revolution in LGBTQ adoption, especially for our country's most vulnerable children who just want a loving, sustainable home. Previously, parents who are LGBTQ would have ruled themselves out, but now are ruling themselves in. Lawmakers in the isolated Asian country of Bhutan have agreed to amend portions of the country's penal code that have been used to criminalize consensual same-sex sexual relations. A joint sitting of both houses of Bhutan's parliament approved a bill this week to legalize gay sex, making the tiny Himalayan kingdom the latest Asian nation to take steps towards easing restrictions on same-sex relations. Sections 213 and 214 of the Kingdom's Penal Code had criminalized quote-unquote unnatural sex, which was widely interpreted as homosexuality. In the vote this week, 63 of Bhutan's 69 members of parliament voted for an amendment that states, quote, homosexuality between adults shall not be considered unnatural sex, end quote. The amendment will become law once the country's king confirms it. While there are no anti-discrimination protections in place for LGBTQ in the country, there are few reports of violence or overt LGBTQ discrimination in the small kingdom that borders Indian China. That's due in part to most Bhutanese who are Buddhists and their religion doesn't openly condemn homosexuality as other religions do. LGBTQ activists in the region hope decriminalization of homosexuality may lead to other victories. For instance, a bill to make marriage laws gender-neutral, which would effectively make same-sex marriage legal, was considered by lawmakers in recent years but was tabled in Parliament in 2018. The move by Bhutan comes as other Asian countries have relaxed restrictions on the rights of LGBTQ people. Neighboring India removed a centuries-old colonial prohibition on gay sex in 2018, triggering celebrations across the country. And in Nepal, authorities will count LGBTQ people for the first time in its national census next year to help sexual minorities gain better access to education and health schemes. Outright Action International notes that once the amended Bhutanese penal code becomes law, homosexuality will still be criminalized in 66 countries. ABC has announced that post-star Billy Porter will be joining Ryan Seacrest and Lucy Hale in Times Square in New York City for the annual Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve as Seacrest leads the countdown to midnight for the 16th year in a row. Billy who hosted the New Orleans festivities for the first time last year, will be joined by multi-platinum selling artist Ciara, who will once again be hosting the L.A. festivities on the same broadcast. This has certainly been the year of Billy Porter. As many know, last year he became the first black gay man to win an Emmy Award for Best Actor for his performance in the drama series Pose. This year, he narrated HBO Max's Equal series and announced that he's set to direct his first feature film. And of course, there's his genderless role as Fairy Godmother in the upcoming Cinderella remake. Of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that the fashion icon is also a Grammy and Tony Award winner for his work on Broadway in Kinky Boots, where he played a drag queen named Lola who forms an unlikely partnership with a man who inherits a shoe factory.
Together, they produce a line of high-heeled boots and ultimately save the business from going under. ABC notes that this year's New Year's Eve broadcast will be closed to the public due to the pandemic. Scrolling through Twitter this past week, I came across a music video titled Uncle Carl Came Out on Christmas. The video was from country music artist Aaron Lacombe, whose Twitter bio reads, I write the songs that make most people mildly uncomfortable. I figured I was probably going to like this. In the video, Uncle Carl comes out during a Christmas Day family dinner, right before the Cowboys game. And it turns out that while the younger family members knew the what's what, Carl's brother is caught totally flat-footed by the news. The song has an oh-so-comfortable hook, Lacombe's vocals are confident and on point, and the lyrics offer a touch of humor amid the song's musical journey. I grew up in Texas, so I know a little something about country music. Take it from me, you can't fake it when it comes to country. Either the heart and soul are there, or they aren't. And speaking of heart and soul, Lacombe showed some of his when a promotions company told him they wouldn't work with him on Uncle Carl due to their faith-based views. Our hero clapped back in no uncertain terms. On Twitter, he showed a screen capture of the conversation with the promotions company and told his fans, Since this is what it's like to put a song about a gay couple out into the world, I can't imagine what my LGBTQ friends go through on a daily basis. I reached out to Lacombe to ask about the video and its message. It turns out the video came out a year ago, but he just hadn't been able to get the song and video out to the right folks. I'm happy to share that since my article on Instinct Magazine and The Randy Report, Lacombe says the views on his YouTube video have gone up over 800%. Lacombe was gracious to answer my questions about the song, its inspiration, and more. You can check out the full chat, where else? At therandyreport.com. Just a few highlights from our Q&A. He did say he took his cues from some experiences some close friends and family had had, And once he got started, he found himself walking a tightrope, making it a little bit funny, a little bit sad, and a little sweet. He also shared that he wrote the song for a songwriting contest, which came in dead last, which he says was when he started to think he might actually have something. I also asked about the music video, which the visuals show the band in totally on-point Christmas sweaters, the home decor in the house, and even the dad's red hat. You understand what I'm saying when I say that, right? And, most appropriately, it caught my eye that the gay boyfriend in the music video was the most properly dressed, in a very respectful way. He said, We can thank countless hours of watching Roseanne for all those visuals. The way that first shot circles the dining room table as everyone is sitting down is no accident. He also shares that Joshua, who played Uncle Carl in the video, was hired and Aaron met him the day of the shoot. But the part that he was playing was very close to home. He says that doing take after take of the dinner scene brought him right back to his own coming out. Aaron shared that he thinks that authenticity is what makes the video feel so real. He also adds that the whole cast and crew were in tears shooting the last scene. Make sure you check it out at therandyreport.com. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. 
And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Just a few reminders, folks. Please wear a face mask in public, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. I'm going to close out this episode with Aaron Lacombe's Uncle Carl Came Out on Christmas. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. The table set for half of Texas On a Christmas afternoon There'd never been so many cousins In that tiny dining room All us kids were down on one end Making jokes while Dad said grace We said amen And Uncle Carl stood up With a strange look on his face I was just about to try the beans Aunt Cindy brought from home When Carl spilled some beans of his own Uncle Carl came out on Christmas In front of God and all All us kids had known for decades And Dad had no clue at all Carl's best friend who'd come to Christmas The last four years in a row Said, I think it's time we let you good folks know. Now, raised voices were not uncommon at family dinners such as these global warming or Obama, Muslim refugees. But no one so much as whispered. Just sat and ate and chewed Till Dad got up and took his beer To the TV room Mom and Grandma got up next And cleared the plates without a sound And thus remaining We said we love y'all both And Dad'll come around And one by one we filled the TV room Spilling out into the hall Cowboys lost, of course, which didn't help at all. Uncle Carl came out on Christmas in front of God and all. All us kids had known for decades, and Dad had no clue at all. Carl's best friend who'd come to Christmas the last four years in a row. He said to Carl, I think we was shifting in his seat and we all drew a quick breath when he got up into his feet and then that man who'd never hugged a soul at least
least that I had ever seen He threw his arms around his brother A Christmas miracle indeed And those three talked another hour Out in the cul-de-sac Carl, my dad, and my new Uncle Jack Uncle Carl came out on Christmas Christmas 